With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Harry Kane and Delielli strike either side of half-time as Maurizio Pochettino's men move to within a point off third place Liverpool with a game in hand and five points clear of fifth place Chelsea. As we have the last word on Spurs. And to follow all the way to OVB, Danny Chidwell. Danny Rose on his Premier League debut. And it's Gareth Bale's night once again. Stoppage time. Alan Nielsen has scored. And the ball finds the net. Lift off the top of the match. Crouch has scored for Spurs. It's Clinton for Tottenham. He's got it. and welcome back to the last word on Spurs. As you are aware, you can follow the show across a variety of different platforms. We are on Twitter at Last Word on Spurs. You can also find us on Facebook and also not forgetting Instagram. On this edition of the Last Word on Spurs, we're going to be looking back at the 2-0 win against Watford at Wembley. We're going to be taking a whole host of questions that you guys have kindly sent in to us this week and finally looking ahead to West Brom to come at the weekend. So, for tonight's show, back as always, I've got Jason McGovern with me. Joining Jason tonight, delighted to have him back on the show. We've got the brilliant Michael Bridge on with us here from Sky Sports. And finally, last but not least, a debutant to the last one on Spurs. We've got the brilliant Lucy from ITV2 with us. Tell our listeners, Lucy, why you have lost your voice. <laughs> oh, you know me, I'm a little bit outspoken. I went to see... <laughs> it all started at a certain semi-final... Then I went and saw the ladies at the weekend. We were 3-0 up and very Spursy. 
we let Durham come back three all. <laughs> uh, that was if there was a team out there, it had to be Spurs, didn't it, Luce? Yeah, but we won the six threes. That's great. And then obviously last night at Wembley, um, I was shouting again because it was just so boring. But anyway, there you go. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> well, please have you here, Luce. Well, I'll tell you what, guys. Let's jump straight into the game against Watford then from the other evening. Jace, let me start with you. It's a game, listen, that won't be remembered in the fainted memories of Tottenham, but most important thing, Jace, was the result. What did you make of the game? As you say, the important thing was to get that result, to to give us a little bit of a cushion and to really to really put our, ourselves in a position to pick Liverpool off. Nice to see Hugo back on, on his best form, but, but you're right, as, as the season goes, it'll be will be one of the, the least memorable wins of our season, that's for sure. It was painful watching it for most. We perhaps were a little bit fortunate to get the result. I thought Watford, uh, considering their away record, Watford looked uh, more of a threat than I was expecting them to. But uh, we got the three points and, as I say, that was the important thing, to just bounce back and get a win and, and perhaps get a little bit of confidence back into the side. Yeah. Very much, Simon. You've got to say, it was very much a lacklustre performance, but the most important thing, as we've said, is the result. Mike, bringing you in, Alex Reddick asked the question, I can't remember feeling this flat after getting three points. The team doesn't seem with it at the moment. Do you reckon the cup result is still affecting the side? Would you make that question? Ricky, it's still affecting me. <laughs> Honestly, it's... um. You add up many North London derby defeats, and, mm. I'm, and I'm still... This is worse. It's really affected me. And there's more important things in life. Of course there is. Yeah. But we're going to talk about the team we support. It really hit me. I think it was more disappointment over their performance, particularly second half. Uh, I'm still baffled by it. Uh, I've still got questions I want to answer. Uh, I want answered. Uh, team goalkeeping selection. Uh, and I haven't really moved on from it. So it was weird. So I, I do feel sorry for the players, I'll say in a way, because, you know, Wembley, you don't want to go back to a place where it's really broken your heart a week later for a league game against a side with nothing to play for. I can understand why the atmosphere was what it was last night. I, I do understand that. Because if we as fans are feeling like it, you can tell the players were as well. And I have to say, probably, if you could pick any side just, just to get a win, whether it's a messy win or not, it's probably a side like Watford who are like, I hate the expression, they are on the beach, aren't they? They are indeed. I mean, it was, like I say, we're back there within a week to revisit these demons. Luce, let me bring you in. we got a question here from John Wardell. And bearing in mind you've been, like I say, Lucy, at most of the games this season. Um, John asked the question, is there, you know... And a question about Pochettino's ability to get the team up for these games. Only two players were on their game, he believes, in Trippier and Lloris. The rest looked very tired and lacklustre. Surely it's Pochettino's job to motivate the side. And with so many players under par, is there a lack of motivation? What do you make of that one, Luce? Um, I love Poch. I don't think there'll be a lack of motivation there. He wants to win as much as anyone. I think that um, Spurs look really vulnerable. Uh, they look like they've been hit exactly like us, as you said. Hmm. I don't think there's anything wrong with Poch, but I completely agree about team selection with the semi-final, by the way. But anyway, I think we've lost a little bit of faith in Poch because of that. Uh, maybe the players have. We just don't know what's being said, do we? We don't. Do you, do you worry, Luce? I mean, we mentioned it on our last show. You've got the likes of, obviously, Aldo Vierel not featuring the team. Danny Rose, his comments last summer. Do you think there's any sense of the whole camp not united as such? Well, it didn't help that Kyle Walker left us and then went and won the Premier League straight away. So I worry that there's going to be a lot of jealousy with the players and they're going to be kind of thinking, oh, we might do the same thing. If he can do it, we can too. So that worries me because they're going to be chatting to Kyle all the time. They're all friends. Mm. They all play in the England squad as well. Well, a lot of them, obviously. Um, I don't know. I, 
you can't worry about the future, can you? As long as we, <laughs> we you know, we're going to rock up and hopefully we'll stick with the good the good guys next season. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, bring it back around you, Jason. Inevitably, you can see we're, we're still quite flat, even though we've got a vital v- win. Do you see any sense, Jason, of concern amongst this squad at the moment? Or is it a case that you know, that was the perfect response, getting the win no matter how we've done it? The most important thing was, like we said, getting that result, getting over the line. I know West Brom at the weekend, another game we have to win. How do you see it, Jace? I think it's a, a combination of just, just in a little bit of bad form. I mean, you know, we got we got ripped apart really by City, didn't we? We lost, we lost. what was it, 3-1 on the day? I can't even remember now. Was it 3-1 on the day, wasn't it, to City? Was it 3-0? I can't even remember the score. That's how bad it is. Mm. And then we go to Brighton and we're, we're really flat, having you know, rested a few players and then we have the big downer of Man United. So obviously confidence gets gets a little bit hit in the squad and there's there's one or two players that that form really looks at, I wouldn't, you know, as John questions the motivation, I don't think it's down to that. I think there's a pl- few players that have just just lost form. Sonny looks nothing like the Sonny that was at, at Bournemouth and places like that. Kane, Kane we know, is, is really struggling and, and I think they're one or two of the others, you know, Moussa Dembele's, Back to the player that he looked in November, not not in that little spell, and so you you know a few key players are nowhere near anywhere performing as they were, and that, that will affect the performances. But I don't think it's it's down to motivation. I think those players definitely want a top four finish, and I think they'll be desperate to finish third if they possibly can. And Danny Walsh asked the question, Jace, do you think that winner secured top four? Uh, no, because I thought we could have lost last night and still finished fourth. So, but I know what he means, and you know, I, I said it didn't I last week. Why are we all worried about Chelsea being, you know, points behind us when we should have our eyes on Liverpool? And with Liverpool to play Chelsea to play, you know, I think we could have lost last night and finished fourth. Honestly, I really do. Mm, I mean, bringing it around to you, Michael. I've asked Lucy and Jace their questions about the mentality of the team. You know, different aspects of what's going on at the club at the moment. JP asked the question: Are the team mentally exhausted or physically tired? Loose passing, silly, tired-looking mistakes. What can you sum that up to, Michael? Look, it's a long season. Uh, we've had this before with uh, in certain situations. We don't expect great performances every week. It was only a month ago. We were fantastic at Chelsea. It was yeah. phenomenal win. We'll live long in the memory. I was so proud of them that day. The Manchester United defeat, I think it's hit us all really hard in the stomach. Uh, Brighton, I don't think anyone really had a problem with Maurizio making all those changes. We had a lot of games coming up. Mm. And I've been desperate to see more of Lucas Moura. Uh, I wanted him to come on last night. There's something there I'm not too sure about. You, you could, obviously, Maurizio sees him in training nearly every day. But when he sort of brings on maybe the Lamellas and the Sissokos before him... I do question it. I just think it excites me. It excites yeah. me. Yeah. You know, you look at last night, you know, bless him so close. One on, he's one-on-one. That, that's him. That should be him. <laughs> if you remember, Lucas Moura, he's in a similar situation, more of a difficult angle. He's at Rochdale. Scores a really nice goal. Uh, so I'd like to maybe see him on Saturday when we draw 1-1 at West Brom. Uh, you know, oh, so... <laughs> we draw 1-1. <laughs> <laughs> that's almost scripted, so, uh... isn't it? Don't say well, that. God, it's 1-1, isn't it? Oh, it's 1-1. Dear. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it, I think it's, it's it's a long season as well, you know. Juventus hit everyone hard. When, yeah, and I'm not, look, at the end of the day, I was desperate for this team to win a trophy. Course, I'm yeah, sick to death of reading about it. I'm sick to death of the criticism. Mm. However, it would have been nice. But, on the positive, if Spurs finish in the top four, partic- even third, when they've been away from White Hart Lane, exactly. that is still... 
an yeah. excellent season. I think on top of that, Michael, as well, I think it's only the third time that Spurs have you know, gone on to finish you know, 70-plus points above in the Premier League. So that has to be taken into consideration. Like we said, we've played 38 games away from home, technically. Luce, yeah. it's a bit of a funny question here for you. Um, this is from Pelly Alley. And his question says, what makes you say, oh, for fuck's sake, more? Watching Sissoko go through one-on-one -on -one and put it in Rose Z, or Aurea trying to tackle someone in their own box? Would you make that one, Luce? Aurea, <laughs> oh, yeah, it just frustrates me so much. I get so scared. And he wasn't even playing <laughs> last night. <laughs> I know. He scares me about what, what he's going to give away. Um, oh, that's a good question. I don't know, what about you? Uh, what about me? I would say at the moment, I think Ori is just edging it for me. Jace, what do you think? Uh, neither. Neither. <laughs> the only time I say it is when I see the reaction to our team sheet come up. And, <laughs> and you know, it's, it's like, oh, this this man, Pochettino, he hasn't got a clue. He's picked eight wrong players or something. Oh. So that's the only time I do it, mate. That's for sure. What would you make, Jace, of the team selection? Is that pretty much what you expect now, roughly? Toby back on the bench, Laurie's in the team. Any surprises for you in there yeah I think that's that's probably the team that Pochettino now feels is his best team available to him you know as, as we said a, a, a genuinely fit and focused Danny Rose is in that side but we haven't had a fully fit and focused Danny Rose for 18 months so obviously he's not in it and I think in an ideal world Toby would be in there but for other reasons you know he's not so I think Pochettino thinks look, that's that's probably in his mind what his strongest team is, and so I, I think that's probably the wouldn't surprise me if that's the starting lineup Saturday as well. Interesting. I mean, Michael, is that how you see it? Toby Adavir, many would still reckon on his best form, he's the best defender at the club. He's of on, course, he's on the I bench. Mean, look, I mean, is that right, Mike? Uh, look, it's tough. Okay, I mean, he is the best defender Tottenham have got. He's the best defender Tottenham have had for many, many, many years. You know, he. He's a phenomenal defender. You know, we all love Michael Dawson, but when he hit the long ball aimlessly, it was hit and hope sometimes. With him, he always finds a man. And a lot of the time, it ends up being a goal. He's yeah. a phenomenal defender. I'm absolutely gutted the way it's happened. You hear certain stories of why, what's going on at the moment. That's down to the, it's the manager's choice, who he selects. It's not on ability, because he's our best defender. What I will say is... I voted for Jan Vertonghen as my player of the year this year. Mm. I think he's had an amazing season. Uh, he just pips Ericsson for me as, my, as our two standouts. Um, he's had a brilliant season. Davinson Sanchez, people forget, he's only had a season in the Holland for one season. Yeah. So to come here, because the Dutch league is, is a poor league now, but and to, to, to come over after one year and play like that in the Premier League, I do think sometimes pundits, when he's, you know, he's on TV, they're a bit harsh on him sometimes. And they do forget quickly that he's still only about 21. Mm. But there were a couple of times where I'd probably say put Toby back in. I mean, Brighton, he was, he was, you know, it was as if he'd never been away. That's, yeah, but yeah. we know it's an off-field issue. He can tweet and Instagram as much as he like about being up for the game. He's not going to play. Mm. So, uh, in my eyes, in my head, the likes of Toby and probably Danny Rose won't be there next season. No, I think we've all come to accept that. Luce, I mean, looking at team sheet, what Spurs are feeling at the moment, is that roughly what you're expecting as well? Yeah, what for next season? In terms of what we see in this team section at the moment, in terms of Aravira being on the bench, Sanchez and Vertonghen starting games, is that how you roughly see this team now until the end of the season? Yeah, I, I was shocked that he came on for the time that he did at Brighton. It was really bizarre, don't you think? What, you mean Aravira? Yeah. Well, like I say, he started that game, but I think everyone kind of knew in, knew in their mind that it was going to be very, very unlikely he was going to drop Sanchez and Vertonghen for that, for that Man United game. I think... 
and many of us come to accept the fact now that Toby Ardaviriold, you know, he's leaving the club in the summer, and therefore Pochettino is going to go with the players that he feels has a future at Spurs. I mean, I reckon, Luz, I think if he signed a contract tomorrow, he'd be straight back in the team. That's what I think. Oh, I do miss him though, <laughs> and that hair—he's got good hair. Um, great hair. But, but Sanchez, by the way, he's definitely the young player of the season. The guy is unbelievable. Mm. He's so right. He's so underrated. I completely agree with Jan. Uh, he's incredible. Last night it was awesome. Mm. I thought it was awesome last night, and he nearly scored a goal. <laughs> I know, nearly. He's been so unlucky, Jan, down the years in terms of his goals. I mean, he's listen, he had one, I remember, chalked off offside where he was blatantly on. I mean, Jace, just touching there on the player of the season, Michael's brought it up. It's got to be Jan Vertonghen, hasn't it, Jace? Well, I think we all said it a couple of weeks ago. I yeah. think when we, we discussed it, it's Jan, Jan by a long way, I think. I can't remember Jan having a bad game. No, you look... A single you? bad game. No. I'm really struggling to think. You know, Christian Eriksen's pushed it. But he had a he had a little dip for three or four games earlier in the season, didn't he? When when around that time Denmark qualifying, Delhi had his little quiet patches. Even Harry's gone through quiet patches and little bits with injuries. But I can't remember Jan Vertonghen making a, a a really bad error or a, or having a sloppy game. You know, it's really struggling. So week in week out, his consistency has been been fantastic this season. It really has. Has indeed. We've got a couple of questions in. Just interestingly, in terms of the team at the moment, in terms of performances, Mike, coming over to you, Mr. P at Bobbert fifty six asked the questions. Why you, do you think so many players are in poor form right now? The likes of Sonny, Big Vic, Sissoko, Dembele, Harry Kane to some extent. Can you put your finger on it, Mike? Well, I don't think Kane's fit. I think that's the first and obvious one. Mm. Uh, and if he has been affected mentally by the absolute nonsense that he's had to endure the last few weeks, I don't think anyone would blame him. Mm. Um, Son, I can't answer. But I think there are, with Son, sometimes when Maurizio puts him on the bench for a couple of games then brings him back in, he's absolutely lightning again. Yeah. So if yeah. he's on the bench Saturday, I won't have a massive problem with that. Um I think you've mentioned Victor there. Well, he's not getting a run of games. You know, you can't judge a player who's just in and out. Is that surprised you, Mike? The fact that he hasn't been able to get back into this team. Has that surprised uh, you? I think, I think the main two have been Dyer and Dembele. And I think both have, have done well. I, I don't like Dembele and Wanyama together. I think it needs a creator. Right. I think we miss Dyer. I, I know Dyer gets criticism a lot on social media, but I like Dyer. Uh, I think, you know, he does a lot more than people uh, recognise um, it hasn't really happened for Wanyama this season, apart from that wonder goal at Liverpool. Um, but I mean, it might be an area we're going to have to look at possibly if, if uh, Dembele moves on. So, um, and I, I think Dembele—I can't—I'd be surprised if Dembele plays on Saturday. He looked like he'd had a few niggles. Yeah, came off, didn't he? Uh, and uh, you can tell when Dembele wants to maybe have a little, little one, one or two games off. So, uh, no, I think everyone's got their own individual issues in terms of players probably not performing at the moment. But on the plus side. I thought excellent performance from Hugo Lloris last uh, Monday night. Brave to come out like that when yeah. Richarlison, you know, you, you, you know, didn't hesitate. You know, oh, God, I've had some real errors on that lately. Uh, and he kept us in it quite a few times. And I thought Trippy, I mean, Watford, what on earth are they doing? They didn't learn. No. Had the whole, whole right hand side. How many more games are going to take, though, Michael, against them to learn? He's had a, such a good day. He's had such good games against them recently, hasn't he, Dan? He is. Oh yeah, yeah. It was, yeah, it was, he loves playing against them. But for me, Trippier is he's head and shoulders above Serge Aurier. I mean, you know, you know, it's his first season in England. Fair enough. But obviously, to echo what everyone else has said here, you know, he, he does 
he does give us, you know, the, the shakes sometimes when when he when he's in certain certain situations. Yeah, more than just the shakes, Mike. I think at times this season. <laughs> <laughs> we, we had you on last, Mike. It's quite funny when we played, obviously Real Madrid, the, the great game at Wembley, and one guy that did stand out, and I think we're missing him desperately at the moment, is Harry Winks. I mean, Jace, do you think at the moment having Winks as an option to us? He'd be perfectly coming to this side, wouldn't he, Jace, at the moment? Because it's fair to say central midfield, we're just not really finding the balance at the moment. Yeah, he, he's he's the type of player that definitely would have would have come on when when Dembele went off last night and, and would give you the chance to to play on Saturday. And it's it's a real shame what that the injury that he picked up wasn't it? Because he was he was really looking like he he could well go to the World Cup. And I think I'd said if he can get twenty games under his belt, I, I can definitely see him going. But it's it's I can't remember the last time. We, we, when was Winks' last game now? Oh, was it November that... time? Wasn't think, far after was Madrid, never... was it? I think maybe Man City away. Was Man City away his last time I saw Winks? I got a feeling it was Man City away. So that's what, middle of December. And we've just not, unfortunately, not seen him since. So, fingers crossed he has a really good pre-season and, and gets that, that injury sorted. But, you know, he, he finished last year, didn't he? Last season with with injury problems and it took him time to get going this year and he's he's now lost another what six months we might as well say so he definitely needs that pre-season and I just hope he comes back and, and with no lasting effects next year because it could be a really big year with with Dembele looking like he he could well be on his way out anyway mm. I mean bring it back around to you loose what did you make of Trippier's performance because I mean I thought personally he was man the match but some out there still feel defensively he was quite suspect what did you make of his performance loose you was there at Wembley against Watford yeah, Tripp's got the balls in. There was just no heads on the end of it, was there? No, there's no one on the end of his, of his balls, if you pardon the expression. Um, <laughs> Apart from Kane's um, foot for the second one, I agree with you. <laughs> I don't know, I just feel like, me, everyone looked vulnerable apart from Tripp's. I don't, I don't know what it was. I thought he looked awesome. I love Tripp's. And he's always free. If mm. in doubt, <laughs> Tripp's is free. Um <laughs> If you look at what I can't understand is look at the Chelsea game, look at the United game. We're a different side. Yeah. It makes no sense. Lack of intensity. There's not flowing football. Lack of invention. No opportunities created. Hugo kept us in the game last night. End of. Is that fair, Mike? Would you see it like that? How it's gone from Chelsea great to, to the way it is now? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's football though, isn't it? Yeah. Bad weeks, good weeks, and you know it's just taking its toll on some players. As I say, you know Harry's not not right. Uh, we still won at Stoke, which would have been a tough game for us. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I reiterate, you know, if we end up finishing third. Oh, of uh, course. Yeah. Playing at Wembley Stadium all season, that's a good season. Uh, I just mm. there are certain aspects. Um, look, I think you could tell in all our voices we're still disappointed about. The oh FA yeah, Cup most game. certainly. Uh, <laughs> I was talking to a friend of mine who was in the United end and he, he came up with a good point. He said, look, all week, Manchester United just lost to West Brom. And the first thing that Jose Mourinho said, he said, you're playing for your FA Cup places. I thought, oh, that's typical Jose. He loves the cup. He yeah. knows, given the way City are going to end up, he doesn't know where Liverpool are going to end up, that Manchester United need to win a trophy. He said, you're playing for your, you're playing for your FA Cup places. They go to Bournemouth on a tough Wednesday night. They win. Uh, and he's, and uh, you see earlier in the week, oh, Sanchez and Pogba are going to be dropped. Oh, of course they are. Oh, what a surprise. They start. And mm. not only that, David De Gea started and Romero played in every cup game. So he played his absolute best 11. So 
I'm it's going still back wriggling, isn't it? It's still wriggling with us. It we is, can't help it. We it. can't help it. That's probably not even the question you pretty much asked. No, me, but we're, I'm still we're going back to it. We're so. wriggling. Isn't isn't Romero injured at the moment? Uh, I think you'll find uh, that's why. Well, well I really I think do you'll hope find that's he, why. <laughs> yeah, no, he might. He might no, be actually. But, that's why. But I mean, okay, let's look at it on our point of view then. Did Vaughan play because he's the cup goalkeeper, or did Lloris have a bad few weeks? Hmm. Well, he would have. I mean, from what Pochettino has said, that last season, Vaughan would have started that Chelsea game if he was fit. That's that was what Pochettino's words were, but he wasn't fit, which is hence the reason why Lloris started. So, if it's on that basis, Vaughan was always going to start that game. But again, always difficult to know, isn't it? I mean. Pochettino decision at the end of the day. But can I ask you, Mike, going back to the game, Watford game, we have to discuss it as, as awful as it was. Listen, it's a win, a Tottenham win, that's the most important thing. What side of the fence, Mike, are you on in terms of Trippier? Because Minty Bloke says he lost the ball 20-plus times and most of Watford's chances seem to come from the holes he left behind him. Yet many say he was the man of the match due to attacking performance. So what side are you on on that fence, Mike? Uh, oh, look, I'm a, I'm a big Trippier fan. Uh, I think he's really come on. I think he came on um, last season. Uh, is is he the complete fullback? Is he the no? Absolutely not. But neither is Carl Walker. Um, I do. Like, I think he's one of the best crosses in the league. And I say this. I think he'll start for England. Really? Uh, I think you he's done. Far as that? I think. Yeah, I think Gareth Southgate really likes him. I could see maybe Trippier starting right wing back. He's a big fan of him. Mm. Uh, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard out there to find a perfect player in those kind of positions. Um, uh, no, I, I think look, if we're going to start criticising Trippier, then we've we've got major issues, and we haven't. Yes. We haven't got major issues. <laughs> no. uh, he's probably the fifteenth player I'd probably start nitpicking at. I think he's, as I said earlier about Serge Aurier, he's streets ahead of Serge Aurier at the moment. Mm. Uh, like Serge can have some decent games, but there's always that worry. Yeah, you just think with Serge, maybe as I said on previous shows that. Under that second season with Pochettino, he's showed it before. The likes of Davis, the likes of Rose. You know, you look back at his other fullbacks that he's worked with previously. He always seems to get the best out of players in that second season, especially his defenders. So it's a case of maybe waiting and seeing on that. Jace, let me come round to you then. So in terms of that opening goal, I mean, Trippier had so much space on that right-hand side. Fitted a delicious ball in, which Carnesis, the, the Watford keeper, fumbled. And Eriksen, quick as a flash, nicked it off him. And then Ellie finished well, Jace. Yeah, it was a, a comfortable finish, wasn't it? It just just that little bit of composure, not trying to lash in it, just that first touch and, and, and Ericsson did really well to just steer it into his pass. But uh let's be fair, it was a, a massive cock up from the goalkeeper. It wasn't oh. a, a, a clear cut chance we created ourselves and um but you know, that's that's a bit of luck we needed and we've we've been on the wrong end of a couple of those in recent weeks, so it was nice to Nice to be on the right end at last. Yeah, Deli Ali been involved in five goals now in his last five appearances, four goals and assists, and also been involved in 20 Premier League goals this season, nine goals, 11 assists. What have you made of his season overall, Lucy? I think he's got better, and I also think he's still got the fire in his belly. You can see that last night. I like the way he celebrates. I like his fire. I like that he's young. I think he's getting even better every time. Okay. I mean, like for you, Luce, can you understand many have said he's had like a dip this season in terms of his, you know, judgment on last season. Is that fair? No, he did have a dip, 100%. And I I think that got to him as well because he was doing, um, he kind of reacted a few times, didn't he, to the crowd and things Mm. like that. Um, But 
I think he's got he's obviously got his confidence back and uh, yeah I think I'm excited about next season hopefully fingers crossed he's still here hopefully he's still here what have you made of his season overall Mike Deli Alley there's been a much said about him but he's still up there in terms of the stats right up there producing for Tottenham oh I mean look yeah a slight dip in last season but he's still one of the highest assists in the league uh, I, I just last season what he did I think I don't think people totally appreciated or took on board just how many goals he'd scored so sort of a 19 year old kid from Milton Keynes mm. incredible incredible you know they say Lampard S much better than Lampard you know it, you know it was sometimes you just need to take a step back and remember that he's still only very young um, at the start of the season I was slightly worried I thought maybe his attitude had changed a bit but um, I'm I'm not so sure about that now um, he always seems to do well in the big games for me I thought he was magnificent at Chelsea uh, and I also like the fact that he get he, you know he's he's a bit of a villain if, in, when we play away now he gets booed even at the likes of Bournemouth and what I like about him he'll give it back he feeds and, off that doesn't he Mike seems to feed yeah, off that and, and, and I've been saying this for a long long time at Tottenham we've always needed an arsehole mm, and, yeah. and, and whether I think he is or he isn't and I don't if they think he is and he gives it back to them brilliant I love it yeah, I mean, like I say, I think for a long time we've kind of cried, you know, cried out for a player of Deli Ali in terms of you know bringing that contribution to a team, being someone that you know is happy to kind of take the pantomime villain role. Jace, I ask you as well, Deli Ali, perfect time to review his season now, coming towards the end of it. What have you made of his overall contribution? Well, I've always been a big Ali fan, haven't I? And um, the only thing he has to sort out for me is his goal celebrations because <laughs> one week they're too much, and apparently last night they're not enough, and. You know, one week he's a diver and yet last week he got hacked, what, three times in a space of about five seconds, stayed on his feet for all of them. So, you know, it's it's just the the normal nonsense that goes. I mean, the boy's 21 years old, or he's just turned 22, 22 now. hasn't he? We can't keep saying 21 anymore, apparently. Uh, just turned 20. But, I mean, for the most of the season, he's been 21. And surprise, surprise, a 20-year-old, 21-year-old's had a dip in form. Big deal. You know, I mean... It's, it's it's ridiculous. Some of the some but of the criticism he gets. Go on, Lucy, Sorry, that... I, can't, I can't even believe we're even saying a dip in form. Fourteen no. goals, seventeen assists. It makes no yeah. sense. He's not dip in form. Exactly, exactly. But by the standards that that others want to judge him at, you know, he should be man of the match for fifteen weeks out of twelve or something. I think some of the media think, and just mm. just let the boy enjoy his football and. And leave him alone because he's he's a fantastic player and we're we're lucky to have him. That's for sure. We are. I mean, Mike. Let me ask you about Deli Ali then in terms of his future. Do you think the club can persuade him to stay another season and more? Oh, oh absolutely. Uh, I don't think he's made any murmurs or or anything about moving on. Um, I think given the new stadium next year is a huge incentive for everyone. Take away the Toby and the Rose situation. They're, they're, they're separate issues. Yeah. I don't think we'll have a problem with any other player in the summer. Um, we'll get lazy links in certain you know, papers you'd assume from certain players or quotes that have been dug up from years in the past. Um, but I've always, you know, look, at the end of the day, I've always said that if players are being linked, it means they're good and they're doing well. You know, you're going to get... You know, uh, you know, Ericsson, for me, he's he's on another level. Oh, he's he been brilliant. Yeah, he's ago. been consistent. A lot season. of the times he'd go missing, but he's, he is on another level like uh, like any time before. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't really envisage a problem with Delhi at all uh, for at least a season or so. Um, I just hope 
I just hope he continues to be the way he is and does his talking on the pitch. He seems to, you know, touch wood. What I like, I've noticed as well, he's sort of taken that anger, that lashing out on people away from his game a little bit, you know. So, um, he's, he's, I think he's, you know, talking about players who aren't playing as well at the moment, he seems to be the one for me playing very well. Uh, and as I say, his performance at Chelsea was phenomenal. It was, and that can't be forgotten as well. So, Luce, want to bring it round to you. So, it's fair to say the last couple of weeks has been some criticism for Hugo Lloris, and which many will say has been granted because of his performances recently. But he was back to his normal self against Watford, wasn't he? A couple of crucial saves in that first half, along with a really, really important interception where he rushed up his line to deny Decore. What have you made, Lucy, in terms of the um, the criticism of Hugo? Has it been fair in your opinion? And is he still, for you, going to be Spurs' number one for a couple of years and more to come? Um, I was really disappointed by the mistakes he made on the run-up to the semi-final. Mm. I think there must have been a decision there for Poch. There must have been, as we said earlier, there must have been a decision. Um, loyalty to choose form, obviously, for all the other FA Cup games. And then Hugo being a bit off form. But last night, I wonder what Poch was thinking on that line. Like, oh, no, I should have had him. I should have had him the other week because he was awesome. He was really good last night. Um, and I just kept thinking throughout the game, sat there, freezing cold. Why didn't he play in the semi-final? We're killing ourselves here with the semi-final, aren't we? We can't help ourselves. We're absolutely killing ourselves. Let me ask you about Hugo. Listen, I think we've we've been fairly, you know, fair balanced about Hugo on previous shows. We've given the criticism when it's rightly needed to be given to him. But at the same time, Jason, you did have to say that, you know, Watford, he was back to, as I said, his, his normal self. A couple of really important saves in that first half and an important interception as well. Yeah, I mean, I said I would have picked him for that semi-final, but I can understand why why things worked out differently. And and let's be fair, how many people were calling for him to be dropped going into that semi-final? Was, yeah. But it and exactly, and it, it was nice for him. I'm sure he'd have enjoyed it last night. And and you know those those critics weren't anywhere near as loud or vocal last night as as they have been. For me, he's he's our number one goalkeeper for next season. It's it's the the number two role, obviously, with all moving on that, that we've got to look at, whether you bring in a, a, a genuine goalkeeper for the future. But for me, I'd be looking for a number two goalkeeper in the summer, not a not a number one. But, you know, we can't deny it's not been Hugo's. It's probably been his, probably been his worst season. And, and I'm not saying he's had a bad one, but by the, the impeccable standards that he set at Tottenham, he's, he's certainly made more mistakes this year than he previously has. But for me, he's still a, a top-class. He may not be world-class, but he's still a top-class goalkeeper. And I've got total faith in him for, for next season at least. OK. Well, let me ask you, Mike. I mean, how do you see it in terms of the summer then? Are we looking for someone to push Lloris in terms of competition? Because there is rumours that Vaughan is departing at the end of the season. Or would you be looking to upgrade as a whole on I, the first choice at Tottenham? Well, I, it's always been the case, Ricky. Signing a top goalkeeper is always very, very difficult. I mean, you look at the, the the wonderful and mighty Liverpool. You know, they're still having um, issues with their goalkeepers. You know, whether it's Carrius or Mignolet, I don't think either are, are, are that great. And they, they're that, I'm sure Klopp will go for another goalkeeper there. Um, Alex Ferguson missed a league game to watch David De Gea because they needed to, after Schmeichel, they kept getting it wrong and wrong and wrong. Mm. They got Van der Sar, they lucked out there. And Fergie was adamant, we can't get this wrong again. Personally, I love Hugo Lloris. I'm proud that he's our captain, captain of France. He's had a poor few weeks. 
But it's always been a myth with Lloris. When he joined, everyone said, God, is he really good with his feet? No, he's, he likes playing with his feet, but he's not actually good with it. Um, but what he is, he's a fantastic shot stopper. I remember everyone going on about the, a save that Haya made. It might have been in Seville or somewhere earlier this season. And I was in Monaco where Lloris made an absolute carbon copy of his save. It's one of those, how on earth save that? Yeah. So, the answer to your question, I'd look to bring in a goalkeeper that would challenge him, not take over from him. I don't like goalkeepers that are happy to sit on the bench and never have. Uh, I think Vaughan's been a great servant to Tottenham, and if he does move on, good luck to him. Uh, I haven't seen enough of Gasniga to, to, to really comment. I do remember he had a horror, a shocker against us when he played for Southampton. But it's not a fair. He was young and you know, probably just thrusted in on a poor Southampton side, so it's probably unfair for me to judge. As Lucy said, he played well when he came in. Uh, against Palace, and I think he got man of the match actually. He did. Um, I'd like to see a goalkeeper come in to challenge because that's what I want in my goalkeepers. Not happy to just sit on the bench. I'd like to have a goalkeeper that would challenge. I think that'd be good for Hugo, and that's what you need in all top teams. Yeah, I think as well. Just, just I think the interesting thing is is what what happens with Stoke because obviously Butland is a top rated goalkeeper as an English goalkeeper. Isn't it? a young goalkeeper and he's not necessarily my choice as a goalkeeper I prefer Pickford to, to Butland but obviously Butland's a, a top rated goalkeeper and if Stoke go down you can't imagine him wanting to go down with them so a bit like Pickford when he left Sunderland 12 months ago so if you was to to, to try and get Butland I would imagine if you wanted him you would have to guarantee him cup games next year because otherwise well, at, the he's very not least, want to come. at the very least exactly and that means bur- cups yeah. yeah that means cup semi-finals as well and cup finals yeah. if necessary well the burning situation then, is interesting you've got Heaton and Pope Heaton Pope, and Pope is the other place Pope, yeah Pope's been an absolute revelation and mm. all of a sudden Heaton who is the England number three all of a sudden it could be Pope the England number three yep yeah so okay I just think I think space. with Butland Butland if, if you go and get him in the summer you're going to have to commit to, to cut football with him regardless of semi-finals and things like that and I think Hugo then knows he's definitely got somebody that they're looking at long term as taking over from Hugo so it, it may well be that you'd only have him for a year and then Butland would say look if I'm if I'm not going to be in the following season then then what's the point in sticking around here so you might force a, a, a departure of Hugo certainly in 12 months time if you go and sign Butland. Mm. I mean, what do we make after that? Like I say, Lloris, we've discussed him in terms of, you know, that game against Watford, but can't also be forgotten that, you know, Dembele and Dyer at times were really guilty of giving away, you know, loose balls, forcing Lloris into those first half saves. Chase, what did you make of Dembele and Dyer's performances in that centre of midfield? Well, as I say, Moose has gone back to that, that form that really worried us at the start. Uh, well, not so much at the start of the season, at that November, October, November time when he, he looked, when he was given the runaround, let's be fair, he was given mm. the runaround at Arsenal and he was given the runaround at City and he was playing sloppy passes. And then we had the, the one in the semi final and he was guilty of a couple of sloppy ones yesterday. It's it's sad to see it, isn't it? Because you just don't want to see Dembele go that way. And But his mobility, again, looks to be a problem at the moment. And. If he does leave, well, I think you know, hasn't he? Hasn't he made a comment or reported to make a comment that he he's struggling to cope with the physical demands? And I think in that case, if if, you're, if he's dead honest with you, come that World Cup and he says, look, I, I genuinely can't do another season, then then you move on from that. As, as sad as it is, but you know, the last last couple of weeks he's looked on his last legs again, and and I, I don't want to see that happen to Musa Dembele because no. we had to watch we had to watch it with with Ledley when he played the last few games in his last legs and it suddenly was like watching a totally different player and as I say I don't want to see that with Dembele 
No, we don't. I mean, question here, just talking about Eric Dyer for a second. Come around to you, Lucy. Spurs Transfer 10 asks, why do we start Eric Dyer? He's constantly making errors. Luckily, against Watford, not Cossie. But seriously, what does Wanyama have to do to replace him in the team? Lucy, are you surprised that Wanyama hasn't had more game time over Dyer? I've never understood it. Really? I are you, are you, I you're, a big, it. you're a big Wanyama fan. Yeah, I mean... That rocket was incredible. Okay, well. that yeah, came out. of course. <laughs> um, I was there. It was unbelievable. No one knew what happened. Anyway, <laughs> anyway. Um, no, I don't get the dire thing. I just don't get it. When you say you don't get the dire thing, it. you mean you don't get him as a player, what he offers to the team, or you don't get the fact that when Yama's starting over him? Which one is it for you, Luce? The, the latter, the latter. I right. don't understand why he time and time again starts, has all this time on the pitch, and when Yama is there, yeah, and he's making these mistakes. And it, yeah, we're all talking about it in the stand. We're all saying he keeps making mistake after mistake. Is Poch mm. not watching the same game as we are? What do you think, Mike? Is that fair? Do you think Wanyama should be the first choice alongside Dembele over Dyer? Uh, I actually don't think Wanyama and Dembele go well together. Um, I think it's probably time for Wanyama to come in. Uh, as I say, I don't. I think Dembele looks a bit knackered uh, and wanted to come off the other night. Um, I, I, and I think Spurs need to strengthen in that area. Uh, maybe just someone with a bit, a bit of guile in there, you know. Um, I, look, I think Wanyama, I love Wanyama. I think he had a brilliant season last season. And as Lucy said, you know, Wanyama's goal, it's goal of the season. Mm. It's goal of the season. That's That's a wonderful absolutely strike. no doubt about it. He'll never hear, he'll never hear a strike like that ever again. Uh, you know, and he got. Gary Neville goes, oh, you know, it, was a, it was a phenomenal goal. Uh, and let's face it, no one expects Victor Wanyama to not only let him score, not to score a goal like that. Um, but yeah, it's uh, if Wanyama doesn't come in for the last few games, then all in all, he's had a really disappointing year, hasn't he? But I mean, he had a bad injury, didn't he, at the start of the season? He came in against Chelsea, I think, second game of the season. Yeah. And he looked clearly unfit. Mm. Uh, I mean, it's a long time ago now, but if I recall, he kept giving the ball away, um, which was a really frustrating game anyway. Uh, I like Dyer, I have to say. Um, but it'd be interesting to see how Maurizio goes in the last three games. I, I reckon Wanyama might come in Saturday. OK. Interesting. So, Ashley Watts says, as much as I love Dembele and Dyer individually, do you think playing them together limits us going forward, Jace? Let's bring you in on that one. He does say also, Ashley, would you like to see Deli or Eriksson drop back to give us more impetus from the centre of the park against the lesser sides like the Watfords and maybe the West Broms? Christ, I'm getting depressed, mate. I think we're, we were fourth in the league, and by the sound of it, we're in relegation <laughs> trouble. It's just well, no part that. of the team that's working. We've got <laughs> shit goalkeepers, shit fullbacks, shit in midfield, strikers aren't fit, we've got no pace in the this team. Is and yet, after, this is Tottenham after a win. We've got a crap manager, a, you know, every, everything about the club's wrong, and we're sitting there and I'm thinking, blimey, I must be a West Brom supporter myself. But um, I think when Dembele and Dyer are on, Top of their game, excellent pair, and when they're not on top of their game, then then you see the the weaknesses in there. I think part of um, Wanyama's problem maybe this year is that when he has come in and started games, he hasn't looked the Wanyama of before and really imposed it. So, mm. you know, again, it, it's up to you when you come in the team to really grab it. And, and I like Wanyama; he was a fantastic player for us last year, wasn't he? Oh, of course, he? he was. Yeah, an absolute beast in there for so much of it. And I suppose. You know, Dyer just gives you that little bit more option where he drops into that back line sometimes, and he's, we do still occasionally play with a three at the back. 
back. And I think that's he just suits Pochettino's tactical mind more than Wanyama does. But, you know, Wanyama's another person that needs that really good pre-season to, to get that mobility and sharpness back. And if he does that, he's a fantastic player. But, you know, we are struggling a little bit in midfield at the moment. It's a concern to me that we keep getting broken on quite so easily. You know, Manchester City were just able to get through us. We saw it last week and we saw it last night. You know, Watford got through midfield too many times. And I think that that is another sign that we're just lacking that little bit of, of mobility in there and, and how much Dembele is struggling. And perhaps with somebody alongside Dyer, we, we won't look quite as vulnerable in there, albeit that you then don't quite get the the, the forward then Ballet can bring the ball. But there's, there's, what, three games of the season left. So, you, you know, you're going to have to get through with what you've got at the moment and then, then really try and address it in the summer. Yeah, it's a difficult one, isn't it? I mean, let's talk about one player that will make us a bit more happier, Jace, just for you, and that's Harry Kane. Mike, back amongst the goals, most importantly for Harry Kane. A, a tap-in for him against Watford, but what have you made of the recent talk about Harry Kane? Surely it's time to let his football do the talking on the field, Mike, isn't it? Ricky, I'm appalled by some of it. Some of the people, hypocrites, who are going to be like all over him at the World Cup. Shame on them. Mm. I'm really disappointed by some individual. I'm not going to name names. I am really disappointed. And I'm taking my Tottenham hat off here, actually. Uh, the guy has claimed a goal. Wow. You know, the <laughs> stick. If it, was, if it was Ronaldo or Messi, then they'd go, oh, great professionalism. Even Salah. Oh, he's so, he's so ambitious. You know, and it's, it's actually unbelievable. Mm. Uh, you know, and then the FA tweet out something about being in Chris Morning's pocket. Come on. Honestly, who's on work experience that week doing that Twitter account? Well, you'd have to question Seriously, that, wouldn't you? <laughs> it's, not, it's not on. The no. guy, show the guy some respect. Because there are some people out there who always love to have a whack at Harry. But I'll tell you what, they'd love him in their team. Of course it's they would. It's pure jealousy. Mm. And it's once again, I feel disappointed that it happens. And look, I'm Tottenham over England every single time, I admit that. Mm. But they, we do this with these players. They did it with like the Beckhams and the Rooneys. But Harry Kane is a likeable bloke. It's most down to, it seems so down to earth as well. He's been like... Mm. Always had the pleasure of meeting the guy. He doesn't ever go out, doesn't throw up in nightclubs, doesn't go out. He just stays at home, plays NFL, or watches NFL. What is everyone's problem? It's pure jealousy. It's out of order. And the way he's been treated is an absolute disgrace. There you go. There you go. Michael having his say. Luce, do you agree with that? What have you made of the recent uh, criticism of Harry Kane? Or say criticism. Some of the stick he's got more than anything rather than criticism, should I say. Do you know what? I love that he tried to claim that goal or claimed it, whatever. It showed passion. It showed that he wanted to um, try and, you know, get the golden boot this season. I think it shows he's hungry. I think it's nothing but positive. He wasn't trying to do his teammate out of anything. I was at that game. I was next to him when he scored it. Yes, it looked like it was Ericsson's. But I love the way that he was so passionate about that. Why are people concentrating on it so much? It's so boring. And the most important thing I lose is, I mean, he got back to, like I say, he got back to getting on the score sheet against Watford. Do you reckon he can end the season strong and still catch Salah for this golden boot? What do you think? Well, it's four goals, isn't it? I think it's down to four now, yeah. I was gutted that he didn't get two yesterday. I was gutted about that offside. Mm. Um, and I think he was, obviously, as well. But um, I think he'll do it. And I think he'll do it by one little goal. And then it all starts again. Because of that well, goal against Stoke. Go on, Mike. 
Do you, do you know what I'd love, Ricky? Mm. Him to get because he's won it in the last two years, and it hasn't really bothered me. Our individual awards don't bother me, mm. but this year I hope he gets it and changes his Twitter header and his Twitter profile picture to his goal at Stoke. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a way of shutting up the critics. Would you make that, Jace? I mean, important for him to get back on the score sheet, wasn't it, against Watford? Well, you say he's back on the score sheet, but it's what three of his last five. Well, there you go. That's what I mean. It's just you know. So you know, that's, you know, he's not fit and he's in bad form, but it's still three in his last five. Mm. If well, you, you include the one at Stoke because it's given to him, and he scored at Brighton and he scored yesterday. So that's yeah. that's what three in his last four league games, isn't it? Mm. Oh, it's yeah. Three, yes, three in his last four it's league not terrible games. Terrible thing so, for Harry. I think, unlike Michael, if he does get it, I think the the headline should change to that that penalty that 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 got us the 2-2 the at Liverpool because that will be the one that will get them even more salty or, or just change it to the profile of him winning the other penalty up there or something <laughs> like that. <Just laughs> anything. But, you know, if Salara got his rightful ban for throwing a punch, I might have given given Harry more, more chance of claiming it. But, um, you know, it's, it's a... He's, he's a god for us, isn't he? Let's be fair about it. And the, the, the coverage of it is... It, I mean, I, I can't believe there's still jokes going round about it. It's, when, when yeah, did, did it you see April, the, uh, there's a video a month yesterday. ago now, isn't it? Go on, Liz. Sorry, there was a video yesterday. You know that whole water plastic thing? You know, the, um, the kit was oh, Ericsson, yesterday. Yeah. And Ericsson said at the end of the video, didn't he? That we'll still um, claim it or something. Yeah, and you know what? I like that he can laugh about it. I was a bit... I didn't really understand why Poch said that he'd been really upset about it. I think that was just Poch, perhaps, you know, being Argentinian and it not being his first language, he didn't probably mean that he'd been very upset by it. Mm. Um, Agreed. Agreed. But... I, 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 I understand from what I've been told is that he, he isn't that upset about it. He's just a bit surprised by the reaction. Mm. And it's not as big as it sounds. But Poch, is always, which is great, he always protects his players. And as Lucy says, it might have been just a little bit... Not what he's trying to say. And then once again, oh, oh, he's so sensitive, Harry. He's so sensitive. Grow up, Harry. You know, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> well, I say Kane, the record at the moment, 150 Premier League appearance for Kane against Watford. He's now scored his 105th goal in the Premier League. Only Alan Shearer has scored more in 150 appearances with 121. So that just tells you Kane's stats. I mean, they are absolutely brilliant. We have had so many questions in, guys, um, in terms of maybe coming up towards the summer of what Spurs are going to do. I mean, I will go through some of them, if Jace will allow me to. I know he's saying it's um, ultra-negative oh, at the moment. Gosh. But we've got, we got to cover them, Jace. That's how it's so many people have put their questions in. Um, let's discuss <laughs> the summer very, very quickly then. So, the Spurs sink says, what do you guys reckon we need to sign in the summer? Should we call up the the likes of Bennett and Griffiths, who have been doing great in the youth sides, or do we need to go out and buy players? Mike, where are you at? Do Spurs need to go out there and actively go and get two or three marquee signings? Oh, Ricky, well, of course they have to go. You know, unfortunately, whether people like it or not, everyone's going to be spending mega, mega money. Mm. We have to go out and sign. It's, no, look, everyone loves a youngster coming through. Everyone was desperate for Marcus Edwards to come through. Look, it's not happened because, you know, Marcus, there's, there's obviously some issues with Marcus. And, you know, we've loaned him out to Norwich. It didn't work there, you know. Norwich on paper, looked a really good move for him. Mm. So, sometimes the kids don't work out. Chelsea win the uh, UEFA Nations League, they win their UA, uh, like the Champions League equivalent at that age, they win the Youth Cup nearly every year. Don't see many of them come through. It's very tough for a kid to come through. And that's why it's so great to see the likes of Harry Kane, Harry Winks come through, because it's tough. You know, the, the structure, there's something not right about the under-23 youth structure. 
Um, so to go to, back to your question, yes, we really do need to strengthen. Um, Toby will go. Top defender we need. Uh, I think we need someone to challenge Ben Davis. Uh, I would love Spurs to sign Ryan Sessegnon. I think he's got the... I would feel like when we sign Bale, uh, that would that I'd be that excited if we sign Ryan Sessegnon. Uh, I think we need to sign a, another striker. Um, and that's tough because... Janssen hasn't worked, Lorente hasn't worked. But when you speak to these players, you say, look, you're obviously not going to be the number one. Mm. <laughs> so there's an issue there. Uh, if Dembele goes, we need another central midfielder. God, we're going it for the squad actually... <laughs> well, That's, but that's, that's the, the concern, thing. isn't it? it? Yeah. It could actually be a busy summer. Yeah. I do get the impression, though, that Maurizio would like as much business done as early as possible this time. Mm -hmm. It wasn't, where was it? It was that, I'm obsessed with everyone, just how late everything was becoming last season. Yeah. Um, but yeah, do you know what, Ricky? Going through it, we actually do need quite a few players. And I don't think I'm being, I'm not, I don't think I'm exaggerating here. If you lose Toby, you need a defender. If you lose Danny Rose, you need another left back. If Lorente goes, you probably need a striker. That's, that's the way it is. Yeah. That's fair, isn't it? I mean, Jace, I know you hate talking about transfers, but I think fans are well in their rights to ask the question. You know, Fraz bring up the year says, do you agree the spine next season based on, you know, Loris, Vertonghen, and Dyer, Eriksson and Kane being there? Do you have any real cover for those positions, Jace, or should we upgrade any to progress to, to the next season? How do you see it, Jace? Well, I think like Michael says, there's a number of positions and a number of areas you've got to. And, and I said to you last night, didn't I, the thing is... Whether we think it's Potty's best side or not, I think, as I said earlier, I think at the moment that he thinks that's his, his best 11 that's available to him and 10 of those with the club on, on September the 1st, 2015. So that just shows you the transfer business since then has not been good enough overall and we haven't brought in the players and Sanchez is the only one last night that wasn't there three years ago. So, if, you know, if Pochettino's reverse into that as his strongest team it, it, it tells you a lot of the business we haven't done in those three years but but what names I think there's certainly two two really central midfield players have got to come in I think the Danny Rose situation I think like Michael said I think whether people like it or not he will go in the summer and I think that will actually bring a bit of clarity to the situation because you then can genuinely get competition in for Ben Davies and, and all the time Danny Rose is there, it, it just kind of confuses that role. So I think we, we will see that one change. Obviously, Toby, backup strikers, but, you know, it's a hell of a lot of players to buy and... All, I've, all I say don't I, about transfers, mate, is the window shuts. Don't forget, this year it shuts before the season starts, doesn't it? Mm, it does. So we will at least have that advantage. I think it shuts on Thursday before before the Saturday. But, you know, whether people like it or not, we won't do all our transfer business by June the 1st. And there'll be plenty of clubs still trying to transfer players after June the 1st. So, you know, I, I hate the summer because the, the constant links will get linked with another 200 players. And I just find the whole thing boring. And, you know, players that, that come in, that, and, I, and I talk about any club, you know, Chelsea, they bring in Zappa Costa, they bring in Morata, they bring in Bakayoko. I mean, Bakayoko looks a fantastic player when he came in, has really flopped to the Premier League. And most of the league, if they're really honest, laughed at Liverpool for signing Mo Salah. He's ended up being the player of the year, and everyone was saying, why are they paying that much for, for Mo Salah? So <laughs> that's why I just... You know, I'd like to see Sessignon. I would love us as, as pipe dream as it is to go and get Bell, despite the injury problems. I think that would be that real statement. And hopefully, we have got to bring in two or three players 
that would be in our strongest team on on cup semi final day, cup final day that that we haven't done over the past what two two summers. That's for sure. Mm. Well, I say uh, time will tell. Um, Gonis. Sorry, what did you what did you guys think of Richarlison last night? Thirty million has been rumoured to move to us for. Yeah, Richarlison. I mean, I t- I t- prime example, wasn't it, Luce? Everyone was going loopy about him before Christmas, and then he hasn't scored for what for twenty three games or something. And mm. It doesn't look anywhere near the player that he was. It's it's that's the problem, is it? And don't forget, we have got Mora to come in, and you know, whilst whilst we had questions about Lucas Mora, Sonny's Sonny's going to be at the World Cup, and then he'll be at the the Asian Games, which is in I think September. So Sonny won't play for us much until October next year. And it's a real chance for Lucas Moura at the start of next season. He won't be at the World Cup, I don't think, Lucas Moura, will he? I don't think he'll make the Brazilian squad. So he'll get his break and then he can have a real pre-season. And he's got pretty much two months to really grab that chance and, and to become the, the first-team player that, that many hope he will be. Well, I tell you what, let's bring West Brom into the chat. I mean, Michael, you mentioned about the fact you're surprised you haven't seen more of Moura, pardon the pun. Um, do you think... There's a chance that we may see him in the last three games. That's from Rob Clinate. I don't know, to be honest, Ricky, because he doesn't get selected as the first choice coming off the bench. Well, that's what, yeah. So, yeah, that's what so, um, Sevilla Spurs says. When Sissoko's getting picked over him, you do start to wonder. <laughs> well, even Lamella. I, I know Lamella's mm. divides opinion, but his assist and goals ratio isn't enough. He's so one versus and I think he needs to add more if, if Spurs are going to move forward. Whereas Mora seems to excite me a bit. Uh, but, you know, sometimes Pochettino does this with new new players to mould in. He, is he completely fit? Does he track back enough for Pochettino's liking? We all like these players. Say, I want to see more of him. But we don't always get what we want. And so I say, oh, I, I want to see him start on Saturday. But I'm not sure if he will. Mm. Can you, can you work it out, Jace, just going back round to you, that you know we've got a guy there, we spent so much money on all this intention of bringing him in in January, all this effort, and he's on the bench. I mean, I know you're saying, obviously, Sonny at the moment, he's probably in front of him. But do you understand when the likes of Soko is coming on in his place, Jace? Can, can you fathom that? I don't think Soko came on in his place. I think Lamella came on in his place. And then well, look, at 2-0 up with, with mm. what, 15 minutes to go and we were still getting caught in the centre of midfield. He, he did, why would you bring on a, another fourth person to go forward when you need to strengthen the centre of midfield? So I think it was, that was the switch of Sissoko last night. I think it's a fair, fair case to say Lamella came on in front of him and it wouldn't surprise me if it's Lamella that starts over Son on Saturday more than Lucas Moura. But, but again, Lucas Moura... I think we'll be a bigger player next year, but he had his chance at Brighton. Didn't take it on the night, did he? It was, was you know, I think he came off after what 60, 65 minutes at Brighton or whatever. So again, he didn't he didn't stand up and, and really put in the performance to grab it. But I, I, I'm convinced we'll see Lucas Mora get plenty of game time at the start of next season. And I think with I think with Lucas Mora coming in, Sonny's Sonny has that that period out at the start of next season. We all know that if he if Korea don't win that Asian Championships and Sonny has his national service to do whether we like it or not we'll lose Sonny for a year of national service and so I think Mora was probably brought in with one eye really looking at, at that period and thinking we've we've let's, we've got to address that issue and we've we've taken the chance to address it you know a year beforehand that than we could have done and I, I think we'll see a lot more of Lucas Mora next year and I think we'll see more of Mora than we'll see of Sonny next season 
Okay, that is interesting you say that. Well, let's bring West Brom into the mix, as I said. Um, let's come round to you, Lou. So, since Darren Moore, this is the, like I say, caretaker, has taken over West Brom, they are unbeaten. They've won at Man United. They've come from two goals down to draw Liverpool, and they've also won at Newcastle. This isn't going to be, at all, an easy game at the weekend, Lucy. What do you make of this one? Yeah, they lose. They're down, aren't they? Yep, so they're literally fighting for their lives. <laughs> um, well, look, our away record is pretty good. Mm. Um, so we just got to be positive about this. I, we can't predict what's going to happen, but they're going to come out fighting. We know that for sure. And I think you're so right about not looking back at Chelsea. Let's look forward. Let's go for that game in hand with um, Liverpool. And, you know, that, how nice would that be to be one point above them? It'd be lovely. <laughs> I would be. I mean, Michael, like I've said there, it's not going to be an easy game at all against West Brom. They do seem to have, like I say, this upturn in form under Darren Moore. What kind of game are we going to be expecting, Michael? Because they can't sit back. They've got to go for this. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, fair play to, to West Brom and Darren Moore for the way they've come back. Because I just thought they were completely down and out and lose every single game. Um It'll probably suit, if they are going to go for it, it'll probably suit us. Mm. Um, I can't call Saturday, you know. Because, really? Well, well, just after yesterday, you're not too sure um, about how we're going to get on. Are we just going to continue? They like a couple of seasons ago, you know, when we uh, when it, Leicester were confirmed champions, we went on to lose at home to Southampton and then obviously the Newcastle one, which we won't talk about. No, definitely. You just wonder. <laughs> Yeah, you just wonder how the players will be. Because uh, West Brom, although they're bottom and Watford are sort of 13th, West Brom will be a lot tougher than Watford. I just I just find Watford hopeless from what I've seen of them lately. Um, so I just don't know how we're going to approach the game Saturday. I hope, I, hope I'm surprised and we go and beat them 2-3-0. Because I'd love to finish third. Because... Uh, uh, admittedly, I'd like to finish above Liverpool again. Yeah, well, I think we all do, like I say, on the back of what we've seen this season with some of them. I mean, Jace, at the moment, the way the league stands, you know, we are just, like I say, a point behind them. That game in hand, we're five points at the moment clear of Chelsea as well. Um, it's a critical game, this one. You do feel, Jace, we have to play much better against West Brom than we did against Watford to get a result here. Yeah, I definitely think if if we play like we did last night, we'd, we'll have big problems there. Yeah. So that's definitely needed. And because of the situation that, that West Brom are in, it's I think Michael's right. You get some really strange strange types of games. Don't I mean, if we score first, it can really knock the stuffing out of them. And as much as they've been fighting, I mean, if you looked at the Liverpool game, when was that? Last Saturday? Yep. God, was it last Saturday or the week before or whatever? For 80 minutes, Liverpool were, were so comfortable in that game and it was 2-0 and it could have been anything on that day. And then Liverpool switched off at the end and, and West Brom put up a little bit of fight. But it was only that fight for the last 10 or 15 minutes of that game. But I think that first goal on Saturday is huge because if West Brom get it, they'll, you know, they'll get a little bit of belief for it. They, they absolutely have to win and I think that does suit us if they, they're coming out rather than parking the bus. But then again, if... If you score first and, and you have a little spell of five minutes of possession where you're you're running rings around them, even if you're not scoring yourself, it could really sap the belief out of them and, and, and they can kind of go the other way, can't they? And it just goes completely flat for them and they, they go out without a whimper. So it, it's really difficult. I think for whoever gets that first goal, I'll say whoever scores first won't lose the game Saturday, that's for sure. OK, well, shall we try and do some predictions? Are we brave enough? <laughs> Are we brave enough, Luz? Can I start with you? Yeah, I was going to say, I think because we won last night, it was the first game, obviously, back at Wembley after semi. 
I think it's given them some confidence. So I'm going to be confident about this. I'm going to say Tottenham 3-1. 3-1. There you go. There you go. Back on the swing. 3-1. Jace, can I push you? Yeah, I'll go 2-0 Tottenham. 2-0 Tottenham. There you go. See, we're getting there. Mike, what are you going to go for? Or can yeah, you not call same. it? <laughs> uh, no, I think let's, let's be positive. You know, it's, it's still a brilliant season. Let's, let's end it. Yeah. Let's end it on the high. Let's say 2-1 Tottenham. 2-1 Tottenham. Mike, do we have to say also, listen, we know this show's been a tough one to record. We've all, like I say, been obviously still down from the week before. But shall we not again, you know, understate just how big this will be? Because I think start of, before the season started, if you said to Tottenham fans out there, look, you're going to go and get Champions League football again. Bear in mind, you play 38 games away. I think many of us would have taken that. You know, it wouldn't have been an easy ride going into this season. Oh, it's an amazing record, like Wembley curse, Wembley curse, ha, 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 let's laugh at Tottenham. A few months mm. later, it's not fair, it's not fair. So they've done fantastic. And it's, you know, people talk about the atmosphere, etc. Wembley is a national stadium. It's 90,000. You're yeah. never going to get the so people. I see a lot of people moan about it on Twitter, about the atmosphere. Like, come on, guys, have a day off, will you? It's completely different to White Hart Lane. Different pubs, different people around you. It's hard. Um you know, I I don't I've not hated as much as people keep saying about it. It's one year, uh, mm. and look at what's coming at the end of it. Of course, you I know, think that's uh, what we've got to focus on. Stadium, you know, it's it's you know, it, it's actually been nice in a way. Sometimes say, oh, Tottenham have just played in front of eighty thousand. Tottenham just broken a Premier League home record. Mm. I don't think we will look back on it badly. I've loved it. I've loved yeah. it already. It, yeah, I mean, we've only lost two league games from it at home. Well done to the players. I say. <laughs> also, can you believe that we're even discussing? Tottenham top four. Four mm. years ago, five years ago, we all, you know, we've never dreamt of this. Mm. So yeah. Yeah. we keep forgetting that and we, we need to pinch ourselves because it's unbelievable. It's a golden era, really, isn't it? Yeah, I think yeah. the only thing, Jace, that we're missing is, like we said, that elusive trophy. But, you know, Jace, you've been one of them all season to say, you know, whilst you understand the importance of the trophy, the Champions League for you has always been absolutely essential going into this new stadium. Yeah, I said, you know, even... Last season, when we was on another podcast, I kept saying I think we're at a unique period in our history of, of that stadium move, and it's important for the, that that time that that we we take Champions League football to that new stadium next year. That the, the position changes. We're in it. We've been sold the dream that the stadium will make a big difference to the revenue and mm. things, and so the demands on everyone will go up next year. The demands on the chairman to deliver in the summer go up. The demands on Pochettino will go up. The demands on the players. We'll go out. We can't use excuses anymore. But I think, you know, this season, for me, the important thing was to was to secure another top four. And I think three years in a row, it does start to change the image of the club, for sure. Yeah, and we're almost nearly there. You know, cut, like I say, you'd like to think West Brom, Jason, we get a win there. It must be all but secure, isn't it? Weekend, we get that well, win. I think if, well, I think if we win at West Brom, then and anything other than a Chelsea win, then it's done and dusted by Sunday, isn't it? I think. Yeah. And don't forget our goal difference as well. You know, the the gap is five. Our goal difference is what eleven better than mm. Chelsea. So if we go to West Brom and win, then that goes to at least twelve. Um, so and you can't really see Chelsea beating Liverpool four or five nil or anything like that, can you? So. No. You know, I think the the win there. I, I'm not even looking at fourth, Rick. I want third. I want yeah, to finish course. above it's, that lot. Yeah, no, of course. And yeah. you know, fingers crossed. They get. I'd love to see them get dumped in Rome. I certainly hope <laughs> whoever gets through tonight's game beats them in the final. And we can be sitting there and and saying Liverpool have finished below us without a trophy. And you know, where did their wins get them or something? And nobody mm. should have enjoyed their season because they haven't got a trophy. Can you I? Know, as I said last. Question? 
Go on, Luce. Yeah, go on. If 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 they win uh, Champions League and Laguna's win Europa, where does it yeah. cut, What does it affect? Does it affect anything at all? It affects the team that finished fourth, but I mean the likelihood is they're still finishing front of Chelsea for me. But you know, as long as we get third, then it would be Chelsea that gets knocked out of it in in the event both those things happen. But Arsenal ain't going to win the Europa League, are they? <laughs> oh, Luce, don't come stop on, saying that, Jay. Don't, don't, don't stop putting the knockers on yeah, it. I've been know. saying since the beginning of the season. I said to everyone they will win the Europa League this year because that's what no. they do. They just—they're lucky. Come on, they're not going to mic, are they? They're not going to. Tell us what, Diego Costa's Diego Te- Costa's going to bury them. Uh, uh, tell us, well, Mike, they're not going to do it. Um, I'm just checking my diary. When is um? Because we haven't really mentioned it yet. But when's St. Totteringham's Day? Uh, it was <laughs> this weekend. Yeah, because uh, that's how irrelevant I'm it's not, become. Like we haven't. Even, we're, yeah, we're exactly. On to bigger things. We're on to bigger it things. Goes, exactly, because it was always all over my personal accounts a few years ago. <laughs> and I, do you know what? I've barely seen many Spurs fans mention it. You've well, there you get, go. honestly. Nope. Honestly, it says a lot, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, because it's called Arsover now, isn't it? <laughs> it's Arsover. <laughs> Arseringhams, I don't know. I've, I've heard a different one. Oh, dear. Well, listen, I think that's the right way to leave the show. <laughs> Guys, I hope you've enjoyed the show. Listen, we've tried our best to get through it. As you can appreciate, I think we're all still, like I say, very much down from the week, from, like I say, the previous week. But, you know, important win against Watford. Dress up the performance however you want. It wasn't great. But let's hope the guys can bounce back again and give us another win, two in the space of a week against West Brom. Mike, thank you for coming on tonight. It's been a real pleasure having you. Thanks so much, Ricky. Cheers, guys. No thank problem you. at all. Lucy, thanks for coming on and making your debut to the show. It's been a real pleasure having you. Thanks, guys. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. And, Jace, we're back on Monday night. Let's hope we're talking about two wins on the spin. Yep, let's, fingers crossed. And fingers crossed we're talking about uh, Atletico in the final and, 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 you know, Roma against Real Madrid in the other <laughs> final. Yeah. Not that we're asking for too much, Jace. God, wouldn't that be brilliant if Roma can come back and you'd have thought Liverpool were 5-0 up and still got knocked out and just, oh. now that would be the ultimate bottle job wouldn't it oh it would be yeah but they wouldn't be in the papers they would it no again it would be no no it would be brave small little be a brave effort small little brave color. effort <laughs> Well, guys, listen, enjoy the show we are going to be back on Monday night discussing the West Brom game hopefully on the back of a win have a great week and enjoy the show and come on you Spurs Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.